crunched another one. Travis Head has made 50. And it could be the most valuable one of the series for him thus far. 53 from 94 deliveries. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Qantas, Spirit of Australia. And we've just finished day three here at Leeds. It looked like we might not get any play. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And the first two sessions went by without anything. And then in the last session, well, the rain cleared and we got some action. My name is Josh Honefinger, joined by Louis Cameron. And uh, as it looked like we might not get anything to talk about today, Lou, but in the end, we actually do have a fair bit to mention. Well, you turned up optimistic, Josh. You wore your holiday shirt as if you were dressed going to the beach. It didn't look like (laughs) beach weather for most of today, did it? I mean, it was cloudy, it was raining, it was dreary weather. It looked like we weren't going to get any play, as you said. We ended up getting 25.1 overs and it was pretty entertaining. Australia began the day at four for 116. Uh, as we mentioned, they had to wait nearly six hours before we got any play. And when they did come out, it was perfect bowling conditions. Uh, England struck early, getting Mitch Marsh caught behind a strange one, sort of bounced a bit more and came off the bottom of the bat. And then Alex Carey went in similar circumstances, bounced a little bit more than he thought. And then after that, it was Mitchell Stark and Travis Head who tried to resurrect innings with a little partnership, but Stark and Cummins fell in pretty quick time. After that... Head and Murphy combined for a very entertaining 41-run standoff, only 33 balls. Travis Head was channeling his inner Ben Stokes there for a bit. And in the end, along with a little partnership with Scott Boland, he got Australia to 224 all out, meaning that England needed 251 to win. Five overs to face for England at the close, and they got through it without any, well, without too many concerns, a little half chance here or there, but none for 27 at the end of the day, meaning that they need 224 runs to keep the series alive. And as we know, they've got a pretty good record chasing here in Leeds. They do, they do. And if you just kind of think about the day as a whole, it's almost like a uh, symbolic of how the series has gone so far. Okay. Talked about it so much in terms of this being a topsy-turvy series that you know one team gets on top, the other come team kind of comes roaring back. You think back to I'm not just talking about today, but you know thinking back to yesterday, Australia were 106 runs ahead when they took the sixth English wicket. Looked like they were right on top of the game. Then the Stokes innings got them kind of right mm. back into it. They got close to parity. The England momentum kind of continued when play finally did get underway right like lots of wickets Chris Wokes getting those two ones as you mentioned with the extra bounce and then Travis Head kind of channeled his inner Ben Stokes um, and then (laughs) you know because they were only 165 in front when the six wicket fell so that was definitely not enough they still might not have enough but they've got something to bowl out now Uh, and then even you know the you know, just with all the momentum going Australia's way with that, you know, wonderful Travis Head innings, you then had England kind of finish off the day and uh, getting the the, term, the things back onto onto their terms. So topsy-turvy series, topsy-turvy 25.1 overs we got, wasn't it? It was. A lot of fans in Australia who, who were patient and stayed up through the, those first two sessions. Surely no one stayed up. Surely <laughs> not. Surely they're listening. Surely this is the first you're hearing about this if you're in Australia, right? Hopefully, hopefully, because it would have been a very late night and – Let's just paint the picture. It was perfect bowling conditions, perfect swing bowling conditions, wasn't it? And Chris Wokes and Stuart Broad took the new ball. And all of a sudden, well, straight away it looked like Australia were going to have a tough time facing up in those conditions. And we've spoken a little bit about England maybe having the rubber, the green conditions-wise so far this series. And when it came England's time to bat with five overs to go, Lo and behold, the sun came out, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, Australia certainly think that they've had the worst of the conditions, and I think it's fair enough. I mean, the think the one time they really got great 
overheads. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're laughing saying that word that overheads is now a now a noun. But um, w- when they got it during the Edgbaston test, it was Boland yep. and Cummins who took two for not many against was it Crawley and both openers, yeah, Crawley and Duckett. There you go. Um, in that kind of quick succession, and they were probably devastated to come off. England got a bit more time with those kind of conditions they got more time at lords bowling with kind of clouds and then when australia bowled it seemed like it was always sunny so yeah maybe there's some truth in that i tend to think that over the course of a five game series five test match series you're getting you know maybe up to 25 days cricket things probably even themselves out um so i wouldn't yeah i think australia shouldn't be too concerned about that and you know they haven't been they're turning up in the series um but you know they've got uh, a big job on their hands tomorrow. Even though it was difficult conditions, Australia still scored 108 runs in their 20.1 overs, and most of those runs came off the bat of Travis Head. He hit uh, 43 runs off his last 30 balls when he was paired with Todd Murphy and Scott Boland, and he hit some absolute bombs, didn't he? He was teeing off, and we've mentioned it a couple of times already, but it was Ben Stokes-like. It's so funny that, uh, and he said that in the press conference that he's not Ben Stokes and, you know, no one's ever compared him to that. But there is something about just that liberating mindset of when all your top order wickets are gone and you've mm. only got the tail to bat with, yeah. you become a very dangerous proposition to the opposition. And all of a sudden it was England on the back foot. It was Stokes kind of wrestling with, you know, how many fielders. Well, actually, he wasn't wrestling with how many fielders to put on the fence. He just had them all on the <laughs> fence. Um, exactly the kind of tactics Australia had been criticised uh, about at various times in this series. But it's kind of, you know, he was still trying to hit sixes anyway. He hit one six off, was it Mark Wood, to the really, really long part of the ground, um, not far from where the fam- the Australian families and uh, wives and partners are, uh, are sitting up there. So that was an enormous shot. And that was despite having, you know, five blokes on the fence. So I'm not sure you can really criticise that tactic because what can you what can you do? Um so, it, yeah, it, and he, he became a different guy. He became a different player, just like Stokes was at Lords, just like Stokes was at, um, at Headingley four years ago. It's a really good sign for Travis Head as well, isn't it? We know how much he's been criticised for his technique in different conditions where the ball moves around a bit and obviously he's had to deal with a lot of short stuff in this series. But there was also a few overs there where Broad pitched the ball up when it was moving around. He got through that and then he, when the time came for him to really launch... And when he was batting with the lower order, he can do that well as well that we know. I think that's probably the one valid criticism you could make of England today was today that, you know, this afternoon, this evening, I guess you'd say, that was the time to probably pitch the ball up to Travis Head. Mm. Yes, I know he's got a fantastic record since he's come back into the team over the last two years. When teams pitch up, he just launches um, and teams are really wary of it. England are incredibly wary of it. Um, to the to the fact where they just refused to pitch the ball up to him ever. But the way Broad had the ball on a string today, he was bowling some beautiful balls. He bowled some balls to Todd Murphy that were just, you know, wasted on tailenders. <laughs> sorry, uh, Todd. Yeah, sorry, Todd. But, you know, I think he would, he, he would admit that he's never nicking some of those balls. Um, that was the time to pitch it up to Travis Head. You know, that he can still yeah. nick balls like he's, he's human like anyone else. Um, so, you know, if you're going to be cr- – but, you know, he was, he was just on a rampage, wasn't he? I mean, some extraordinary shots. And yeah, beware the um, you know the, the freed up kind of soldier, right? Why not? Let's jump into our moment of the day, brought to you by Qantas, the Spirit of Australia, official airline of the Australian cricket team, and proudly representing Australia on the world stage, flying to more than ninety-five destinations around the globe. Louis, 
What's today's moment? I thought Qantas might have sponsored your shirt today because it's it's open necked, and I just want to give the the listeners a bit of a, a taste of that because you know it looks like you're on holiday already. You're already on an island somewhere in the Mediterranean. But uh, well, Leeds is a nice change. It is. They it flew is. me here, so that's good enough. That's true. That's true. So Qantas would be very happy with that, and the Qantas would also be happy with the moment of the day, which was. Uh, Moe and Ali going, so it was off one of those Travis Head shots that we're talking about, down to the fine leg boundary. Moe's after it, down there at long leg, and a sliding save. He's got some footballing skills there, he loves his soccer. And he's just crossed one in there from the right wing. <laughs> That's a beauty. Proper <laughs> sliding tackle from Moe on the boundary with his feet. <laughs> and he was kind of running around and the outfield's a little bit damp, and probably the only time in this... Uh, test that you'd want to be sliding on that outfield because it's mm, otherwise been really hard. And the, point. Yeah, the kind of one where anyone who's played cricket knows that you go sliding on these grounds, you get grazes and all sorts of stuff on your knees. Um, Mo and Ali had a novel approach to stopping this one, though. He went in two-footed like a slide tackle uh, and stopped the ball with his, with his ankle or his foot, I guess you'd say, and yeah. kind of kicked it up to one of the fielders kind of coming around. So that was ingenious. I know you're a big Leeds United supporter and we're, we're in Leeds. So yeah. I think you'd be, uh, you would have been proud of, you know, that, that if he was on the uh, football field at Ellen Road nearby, yeah, right? Yeah, he wouldn't look out of place on the right wing there for Leeds, I reckon. Uh, and he might also play an important role tomorrow when England go for this chase. They need 251. They've already knocked 24 off that total. Oh, sorry, 27 off that total, 10 wickets in hand. And as I mentioned off the top, they've got a really good record chasing, particularly over the last year or so, and particularly on this ground. It's been one of the defining features about Basball, Josh, in terms of how they've gone about fourth innings run chase and actually wanting fourth innings run chases, uh, especially at home. We saw last Northern summer, they just you know blew the lights out with some of these chases. So. Has that contributed to the reason they've been bowling first in the last two tests as well? 100%, I think it is, yeah. I think, A, they want the pitchers to do a little bit early and that's what Ben Stokes said here, that he said if it's going to have a bit in it, it's going to be early. It's probably done a little bit all tests. Mm. So I don't know if it's quite worked out like that, but... They seem to think that pitches in England don't break up um, that much. Uh, and some of their chases have been, you know, extraordinary. So last summer they had uh, they pulled off 277 against New Zealand at Lords. Uh, same opposition at Nottingham. They made 299. Or, sorry, they chased down 299. Uh, then they did the triple against New Zealand at Headingley, 296 here. And then the big one, 378 against India at Edgbaston. That was all in the space of a month. That was just when baseball was taking off and yeah. was kind of going mental. Johnny Bester had a pretty big hand in most of those too, didn't he? Exactly right. So you think about, so Crawley and Duckett, as we've kind of talked about there, they got to stumps um, unbeaten. And I think that's really big because when you look at uh, England's, some of the, the middle order guys to come, uh, their batting average is in fourth innings since baseball came in. Root average is 154 in the fourth innings uh, since baseball. Wow. 200s. Stokes averages 117, 100. Bestow averages 115, 200s. And Duckett hasn't made 100, but he averages 108. Wow. So that is imposing numbers. Uh, if you add all those together, my math isn't great, but that's a lot more than 251. That's some good research from you, Lou. Very in interesting numbers there. And so I guess also the last match that they lost at Lords will also factor into that as well. So it was even higher before the last test. Correct. Than those averages. Exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's intimidating. And, and even the Lords, uh, even though they lost that test, um, the fact that they made so many runs and they went as close as they did, I think will will be in Australia's mind 
Um, but, you know, the, probably the last thing we should say is, you know, Chris Wokes himself has just been in the press conference. He was kind of talking down all this stuff. He was kind of saying, well, look, the scores in this game haven't been actually that big. What if we had 237, 263 and 224? So 251, what they need tomorrow, kind of fits right in the middle of those things. So... Um, it, I think it's going to be close either way. Yeah, it's anyone's game. We'll just touch quickly on the Australian bowlers. Uh, if you look at the scorecard and you see Pat Cummins went for eight and a half and over, you might think, oh, well, the England openers ran out really hard. But they didn't really. They played normal shots. It looked like, to me at least, Cummins and Stark were going for swing and it wasn't quite coming for them. That's why maybe they straight onto the pads a little bit. Um, but they was they were just playing conventional shots. They are generally pretty attacking, but it wasn't anything outrageous to start the innings, was it? No, and a couple of chances. I think Mitchell Stark especially, he looks like a great matchup against Ben Ducker because he's always angling the ball in at him and taking it away. And as we know, Ben Ducker doesn't leave. Uh, and Pat was probably just a little bit off by his standards. So... Um, I wouldn't expect him to have two bad spells in a row. So I look for him to hit back tomorrow. There was a review as well in Mitchell Stark's over against Ben Duckett. One down the leg side, they thought it may have flicked the bat. It, it didn't. So they've lost a review. I just want to flag that because we know what happened here last time around. But yes, they've got two reviews remaining. Well, did Australia run out of reviews at this ground last time? I can't remember anything occurring like that. Too soon, I think. To yeah, too soon. Yeah, I hope Nathan Lyon's not listening. Actually, he probably he could well be listening because he's probably back in Australia or on a plane, on a Qantas plane back to uh, back to Australia. So hopefully he did, maybe didn't download the episode uh, before he jumped on the plane. I'm digging myself a hole here. They've got Wi-Fi on quite a lot of Qantas planes, I suppose. So, they do. Yeah. Definitely the preferred uh, flying. Yeah. He'll, uh, hopefully, hopefully he uses the Wi-Fi but doesn't download this episode. Good call. We will catch up with all of you tomorrow when we recap day four. We're going to probably have a result, aren't we? This has been the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. Thank you.